Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 132. You can listen to our show uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, across SB Nation, NFC East Blog, Podcast Network. So you can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. If you do uh, watch on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel that you prefer. Uh, if you're an Eagles fan, that would be BGN, Cowboys fan, BTB. We don't want you to contaminate your algorithm. Uh, but if you do check us out on YouTube, you will see that Brandon Gouton just waved one of, I don't know if they have a name for the towels that the Rally Phillies towel. are using. Okay, well, at least it's not like, at least I'm not trying to do like a, a very special towel thing. Uh, my name is Arjo Ochoa, BLG. The Phillies um, look great. Uh, my Astros, a little bit down right now. And tough scene for me because I'm sure that makes you happy and it makes a lot of my followers happy because they're Texas Rangers fans. So stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. I am. That is interesting to me, that dynamic for you. But, you know, still a seven-game series. Lots of things can happen for the Astros. Same thing against the Phillies. Excited for that. People aren't really here for that, but it's certainly That's a necessary true. conversation. It would be, for the sake of the show, at least mildly interesting if the Phillies and Astros get back to the World Series and play against each other again. I, but, uh, it would also be we'll interesting see. for Philly and Dallas people. I was thinking about this and brought this up in our postgame show on Monday night because, yeah, it, it, it could be Rangers-Phillies, obviously, at this point in time. And the Cowboys play the Eagles three weeks from now, I think, in Philadelphia. Um, so that could the first I, weekend in November. I meant to look this up. That could line up with a potential World Series game if things broke the right way. Um, and it was mm. just it was funny the way you know the, the, well I know I know but the Eagles uh, were in Houston to, get, to play the Texans. We've talked about this many times on Thursday Night Football last year um, mm-hmm. on what was I think Game Five of the World Series. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. It would be interesting if that happened again in an overall sports sense. Uh, but again, no one's here to hear us talk about that. What they are here to hear us talk about, Brandon, today th- as we record, what? I think they would be in like Texas around that time, if I'm not mistaken. Because they would be, if the Rangers and the Phillies play, the Phillies would have a uh, home field advantage. So it'd be yeah, two, and three, two. The Cowboys Eagles game in question is in Philadelphia. So it's not like somebody could go to both. Right. That's what um, I'm saying. I think but they'd still, be in different cities, but yes. For most people who would watch these events on television, it would be an interesting dynamic. But again, a lot of ball to play before then. Before we get to the football, not the baseball, um, it's Tuesday. It's noon, actually, Central, as you and I record this. We had to go an hour later because I had a lot of stuff happening on Tuesday morning, obviously. Uh, So appreciate BLG. But I saw this, Brandon. Today, for us, yesterday for the listener, is National Pasta Day. So Mm. what is your favorite pasta? Okay. That's it? Noki? Okay. I like a good bow tie. Um, I think bow tie gets slept on um, with regards no. to actual pasta. Okay, fine. What sauce? You've never had vodka sauce, which is so. Yeah, I um, guess that's just a southern Texas thing at some yeah, level. I, mean, I, I don't know. I've only ever been to the East Coast um, twice. When I was in high school, our marching band we did a trip and went to DC. What did you we play? Went... I was on the drum line. I, I make this joke. I don't... Up think i knew that 
Really? Uh, I make this joke all the time that um, when you're on the drumline in high school, you sign a contract that says that anytime you have a chance in your future to bring up that you were on the drumline in high school, you have to bring up that you were on the drumline in high school. So I was on the drumline in high school. Mm. Um, but uh, but my freshman year, I was uh, on the cymbal line, which is technically a part of the drumline. Mm. And um, in our marching band, we went on a trip in the summer to Washington, D.C., um, to Cedar Point, Ohio, and to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, so that was really cool. Um, that was the only or one of the only times I've been there. I also went uh, and saw the Cowboys play the Patriots in Boston four years ago. So Boston. I don't really have a lot of East Coast experience. Um, and vodka sauce seems like something that's kind of part of that neck of the woods. I think you would like it. I'm pretty confident. It's like it's pretty universally liked. I don't think it's polarizing. OK, well, you know, another day. It seems like something that I, I would like to eat. I want to save it for an East Coast trip and maybe when it's like cold outside, like 40 degrees outside. That's what I'm kind of feeling as far as sure. the overall vibe is concerned. Yeah, I get some vodka. I mean, you could do it with the bow ties, but I would recommend a rigatoni. That's typically what you would find it with. But hard okay. to go wrong either way. Let us know, uh, mixologists, what your preferred favorite pasta is. Uh, you can tweet at us at Brandon Gunn, at RJ Ochoa, or uh, message us on Instagram with the hashtag mixtape pasta is what we're mm. going to go with uh, this particular week. Uh, Are you going to give our loyal listener who tweeted well, you, should. you don't give him the credit for it? That's I don't not... really acknowledge this nickname. I didn't you denounce should. it, but I just it's kind of a no comment from me. Well, let's hear the whole comment. There's no comment. You're the one who uses it. No, you I'm not. This is on you. For... This is on you. I'm, this, you use it. The ball is in your me. court here. No, this is the ball is in your court here. And a lot of people have suggested the name mixologist at this point. But this is this is on you wow. to own up to and, and to hand it's out. It's not comment. on me at all because I don't say anything about it. You use okay. it. All right. Anyway. Stealing without giving credit. That's not true at all. Unethical. What was um? What was the other name that we had? I don't know. I think, we, I think we tried mixers. That was bad. Um, oh, that can't work. I don't know. Um, are you ready for this? For what? <laughs> to dis- for, the, for the episode. We've, we've fiddle-faddled yeah, right. around enough. Um, we have to go in divisional standing. Obviously, we're now through week six of the NFL season. Um, and at this point in time, the Philadelphia Eagles still hold first place in the NFC East, even though they lost in embarrassing fashion to the New York Jets for the first time ever. Um, first time I actually, ever. look, I'm going to say I was you actually mentioned before we started recording um, how annoyed I get when people like beat things into the ground. I was really annoyed at how many people on Sunday evening were like, wait, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles ever how did you not know this like it, it, this has been discussed a million different times like every time they play it's a thing um it's it's i would honestly say it's up there with the steagles thing in terms of things that are discussed ad nauseum uh but nevertheless it is no longer a thing 20 to 14 the final score your initial thoughts of course man in the floors i don't think i'm as angry as i want to be after this <laughs> game i'd like to be able to rip people more for like oh you just stunk all game long that's not really the case I think this was a game that was uncharacteristic. I don't think I'm worried about Devontae Smith dropping the ball wide open in the middle of the field moving forward. I don't think I'm worried about Dallas Goddard, who's been extremely successful on those screenplays that they run for him, having the ball somehow bobble off his hands and right into the hands of a Jets defender. I don't think I'm worried about DeAndre Swift fumbling when that hasn't really been an issue for him this year. I don't think I'm worried about Jalen Hurts throwing the worst interception of his career inexplicably in a key spot. I don't think that's well, going to be an issue. There were a lot of Jalen Hurts interceptions to choose from, to be fair. Okay, that is true. And look, I do think at the end of the day, 
he deserves blame. And I mentioned this a lot on BGN Radio, the most blame, honestly, because you don't pay your quarterback $50 million to be like not the biggest issue or not the problem with your loss. You don't do that. It's not necessarily fair, quote unquote, but that's the expectation. If you have an elite quarterback, they have to be the difference maker. And even though he didn't have a great game, well, it's weird because he legitimately was having a pretty good game. Maybe even his best game of the season up until a certain point when, and the most critical point, which is kind of the most important thing. And if you do everything else, great, but fail at the end, which he did by throwing that, he, he like, you can't throw that interception. You just can't. And it's not like, like all he had to do on that play instead of throwing the interception was he could have just eaten it. Could have taken the sack, Eagles punt the ball, and they give their defense a chance to stop Zach Wilson in the offense. And no, that's not on the offensive coordinator or Nick Sirianni. Eagles should have absolutely went for it on that third down. Because if you get a first down there and you trust that your quarterback who you paid $50 million to, who's throwing to Devontae Smith, who dropped the pass earlier. Okay, but even maybe no, the Devontae dropped it really bad uh, or that, was, that wasn't even a drop that was like a i mean you know what i'm saying like there are drops awful. that are yeah like He's some drops open. are like it, it hits your hands and like you know it's a close contested kind of thing this was just like like almost like or there's he, a defender he shoved the ball away. like there's no it's just wide open like i don't understand right. how that could possibly and he also had another one earlier in the game so it's like it's more than just okay one bad drop in the game like no he had two like what is going on here so uh but yeah, going back to the interception, like all he has to do is he could take off running. He can take a sack. You just can't throw an interception there. And he did the only thing you couldn't do. And then even though he made that mistake, he had a chance to redeem himself the final drive. And they couldn't even pick up a first down. On first down, he overthrows A.J. Brown, which could have been a huge play. given That could AJ have Brown. been picked off. It could have been, yeah, based right. how it was tipped. It, but um, it should have been an easy completion. A.J. Brown was wide open. You overthrow him somehow. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when you needed Jalen Hurts to come through, and even though I said I'm not really worried about him, you know, having those kind of inter- interceptions moving forward, I have to acknowledge he's turned the ball over way too much. And it's dating back to the Super Bowl, I think he has eight or nine turnovers since then. That's way too much. He's turning the ball over too much. Some of these interceptions in this game weren't his fault entirely because the uh-huh. first one, no, the Goddard, well, the Goddard one should have been ruled a fumble, kind of like he, Goddard caught the ball but he just couldn't hold on. Like that wasn't a bad throw from Hertz. The second one I think is debatable because he got hit as he was throwing by Jermaine Johnson. I think you could have said he could have done a better they're, job. They're not debatable when you have seven interceptions through six games. Well, that's my point. Like when you, you can like parse through each one, but when you zoom out and you look at has all these interceptions, you can't be like, well, he's just getting unlucky. Like one of the best things about Jalen Hurts is that he takes care of the ball. Like that's been one of his strongest points. So when he's not doing that, that's kind of a big deal. And you had four turnovers in this game. You still could have won it despite that. I mean, it just wasn't their day. I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. I know I'm going long here, but like Jake Elliott misses a 37-yard field goal. Jake Elliott's been awesome this year. Like, I'm not worried about him missing field goals moving forward. Like, just everyone, they're good players, played very badly, and they lost the game narrowly, and that's what happened. Um, so before I offer some words that are less um... Goalpost moving than yours were. Um, I do want to give credit to what Sean. What is the goalpost moved? I well, said I the Jets were go- a good team heading into the week, or at least a team that has played teams competitively. I don't think they were a joke of a team either. Mm. I didn't. I said that. I said that. I'm not. I'm not saying you. I mean, and I, when I, I don't mean to take. Off, 
I don't mean to take like one tweet. People do this all the time. Like, I don't mean to take one tweet I saw from like a random Eagles fan and say like that's representative of the opinions of the entire fan base. People do that all the time. Right? Like, oh, I saw a Cowboys fan saying this. I saw a Giants fan saying like that's not my point. Um, but so, well, first of all, I wanted to give credit. Sean Daly is um, is the author of Mixologist, um, and I was looking at Sean's uh, tweets about this in uh, last December. Sean noted um, that he had looked up search history to confirm that he was the first. So um, I haven't done that, but Sean has uh, to, you know, 100% check that, you know, Mixologist is trademarked by Sean Daly. So, you know, you should feel bad for not offering the credit that I was willing to. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to certainly say that things like the missed field goal, you know, whatever, but those things do like, I mean, he won't like not miss a field goal the rest of the season, right? Like, yeah, again, even if he misses one or whatever, like the Eagles were, I don't want to say playing with fire. That's not the right way to put it, but they were playing poorly. Kind of were. At different points in the season and had managed to pull off one drive to like ultimately win it however that was necessary like to kind of ice the game or keep the ball away from whoever they were playing um and so they were kind of right there for the taking we've been talking about that for a while and so this felt like you know maybe a more exaggerated version of that but that's why they lost obviously the jalen hurts thing um is i think a very troubling thing if you're an eagles fan um so I wanted to ask um, if you had seen this because you were obviously very busy. I wanted to read you something. It's very short. Um, a tweet that was sent right before that possession, um, the final possession of the game, uh, from an account that I respect. Uh, tweeted out, time for Hertz to go prove he's worth that contract. Jalen, of yeah. course, went four and out, um, only getting two yards in the process. And you could argue also the final pass could have been intercepted, but I mean, it's just, it's a, you know, it's well, a prayer of a ball. Of right. Why right. just real quick. I wanted to get into like, okay, some of those interceptions weren't his fault, but he also had some drop picks. So that kind of evens out. So I don't want to like, it's not fair to jump on anyone, whatever, and say not worth the contract, totally worth the contract. Like, no quarterback is worth the contract, except maybe Patrick Mahomes. Like the, it's a, people use the, the car analogy all the time. The moment you drive it off the lot, it depreciates in value, whatever. Um, but I mean, right now through six games, Jalen Hurts has more interceptions than he did all of last season. Um, he obviously mm -hmm. had the fumble in, was it week one against the Patriots? He has eight turnovers through six games. Like that's no longer like a fluke thing. Yeah, that is a, back to the a, Super Bowl. It's nine in seven games. Um, so you're counting the Super Bowl is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying in his last seven games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So the, well, he only had the, it was the fumble only, right? And I don't think he had any. Yeah, but still the like there's been at least one turnover and he's averaging more than a turnover per game. That's not good. So then you could argue of in his last seven games of consequence or where there was a, a viable kind of threat opposite of him. Cause the Niners and giants playoff games were these like comfortable, easy wins. Um, it has been tough sledding, but that's going, that's moving the goalposts, but yeah, the turnovers are, awesome are really, well, I mean, you're the one who brought up the fumble. I, you're the one who wanted to include that. In no, the, the turnovers are an issue. That's what I'm saying. It's not like he's been bad um, though, across the board. He is a he, had a, he was really good in this game up until the, like the end where that's what you get paid the big money for though, to be, to overcome having a bad game, to overcome Jake Elliott missing a field goal. Like that's why you get the most money is because in theory, you're the person who can make the biggest difference and rise above adversity. Some of it that you created for yourself to go and win the game. And that's what Jalen Ernst has been a really good job at doing because the Eagles were what, like 20 two and 21 or whatever in his last 23 starts entering this game and they give him all the credit in the world for that so if we're going to give him credit when he deserves it we're also going to rip him when he deserves to be ripped um i think the troubling thing for this and i'm sure you've talked about this at bgn radio 
is the schedule's about to pick up for the Eagles. And so this was one of those games that you had to have because, and again, I know Eagles fans have heard this ad nauseum at this point, but for anyone who hasn't, up next, uh, the Eagles are on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. And then at Washington, although the Commanders um, could have won that game if Ron Rivera weren't such a coward, then Dallas, then the bye week at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and then is it Dallas again right after that? Yeah, that's at Dallas. Um, I mean, it's about to get real, and it's a pretty somber foot to kind of start that little runoff. Yeah, I mean, this is ideally you wanted the Eagles to build the cushion uh, and be able to withstand this tough run coming up. But I mean, I'm not ready to say because they lost the Jets in uncharacteristic fashion. Now they're definitely going to lose the Dolphins. They're definitely going to lose all these games and they're terrible and everything is wrong. No, I'm not ready to say that. I am ready to say that this stretch coming up very much defines who they are. So if they do start to falter more, then yeah, I'm going to be criticizing them during that. But I'm not. It's not to the point where you have to say, well, because they lost this game, actually that means all the other wins aren't even that good and they're total frauds and they are hopeless and they can't possibly hang and they can't possibly get better or have any resolve. And Jalen Hurts' long streak of winning games in a very impressive fashion doesn't mean, like it's just, I think some of the, I think there's been too much overreaction to this loss, more so nationally, Certainly, you know, locally, there's always going to be a reaction to a loss. But I just think people are getting a little too – I think, like, everyone's going to take the Dolphins this week. I think everyone is going to jump on that. It's like, how could the Eagles possibly – That would be fair, though. The Dolphins. I don't think it is fair. I, don't, I mean, to, to, say, say, to say it's impossible for the Eagles to win well, is ludicrous. Then the like, Dolphins should have been able to, to blow the out Dolphins. the Bills. The Dolphins should have been able to blow out the Bills, right, because they were coming off that dominant performance where they scored 70 points, and then the Bills did what? They, they, they lost that game prior or whatever? Like – Weren't no, the Dol- I'm asking, weren't the Dolphins underdogs? I mean, I feel like we, I know we talked about this, and I believe yeah, they took the Bills in that game. Um, you didn't lock them up, but they were underdogs. But so like, like a Vegas lot of thought, people were like, oh, this is know. such an easy bet. Take the Dolphins with the point. <laughs> like, sometimes you have to go against the grain. I'm willing to go wow. against the grain on this one. I think the Eagles, I can't make, I'm not ready to make my, and we're going to get into picking the games later. So early in the week to definitely know how the I feel about this because I've not seen the injury report, and that's very important. And that's honestly like the more concerning thing coming out of the Jets game is just the overall team health because the Eagles got really banged up. And especially when it comes right. to the status of Lane Johnson, who might be able to right. play, but uh, we will see. And also we will see how just how healthy he is as he's playing through injury. That's really the bigger concern for me in the bigger picture. It wasn't about, okay, are these good players suddenly bad? No, it's more about is this team going to be able to field enough players to make it through these games? I don't think that it's logical to say, are these good players suddenly bad? I think it's fair to wonder, are these good players who are all playing at elite levels simultaneously? Is there starting to, you know, is regression to the mean starting to happen in some particular ways? You could certainly argue um, injuries suck, no matter who they are, no matter what team they happen to. But like that's starting to pop up, obviously. Um, and certainly, again, Nobody wants to see anybody be hurt. Good news that the initial report was that Lane Johnson isn't expected to be dealing with anything long-term. Um, but he is the the Jenga piece on the Eagles roster. Uh, the great Dave Damashek always talks about who are the non-quarterback Jenga pieces on NFL teams. It's Lane Johnson for the Eagles. And that's been the case for a long time now. Um, and you're right. I wonder if we'll see the line move. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But um, after the injury it already has. In the of this it's week. already gone to the Dolphins' side because 
surprise, a lot of the money is going in on Miami's side. <laughs> it's so funny how you uh, have loved the Dolphins for, I don't know, like 15 months now. And then all of a sudden the Eagles are playing the them and they suck and they're losers. That's <laughs> not okay. It literally didn't say anything remotely like that. I think the Dolphins are, uh, I think the Dolphins could be in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's nothing against the Dolphins. It's just that like, it can't just be. Well, the Eagles lost to the Jets, so now they're bad defend definitively, and they just have no chance against the Dolphins. Like I can't accept that as a real take. Um, I don't think that that take exists. I mean, you know, like that. that Probably seems more a of a strong local in, thing but... than people just overreacting here. But I have sure. seen that energy locally is what I'm getting that from. Are we ready to move on? Yes. Uh, all right. Um, Wow, I'm surprised I haven't heard you say um, that the Phillies beat the Marlins. So, like, you know, there was some positive Philly Miami energy going on right now. But and hey, look, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to throw you a bone. Anyway, um, next up, the Dallas Cowboys uh, beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday Night Football, twenty to seventeen. Brandon, I would love to hear your thoughts on Justin Herbert having an opportunity to go win the game I mean, and throwing an interception at the very I end. In jumped off fashion. the Chargers <laughs> before the season. That is very much. Like, if you look at all my picks this year, I've like right. picked against the Chargers consistently, and you know that for the Espionation NFL show, I've said they just deserve zero benefit of the doubt. Let them. That's true, me wrong. but but Herbert deserves a lot of this at this point. Like, and to your point about, yeah, he was and terrible. I give you, I give you credit for for criticizing Jalen Hurts. Justin Herbert got a big contract too. You know what sure. I mean? If you're going to give him all the money, I mean, and I don't know what the stat is that's floating around. Um, like intercept, he has like interceptions in the final three minutes, whatever it is, down seven or something like that. He has 13 since 2020, and nobody else has more than eight. Um, so like at a certain point, it can't like Justin Herbert is in the cushiest spot. I like Justin okay, Herbert, but let's is, focus on the Cowboys a little bit. Like, I'm just saying, I've you have been a Justin Herbert stand forever, and it's fair to believe in him. But that was a horrible I mean, moment. But a great job so, in the Cowboys defense. after they blew the playoff game, certainly. And then I was not feeling good about the Chargers this year. I wasn't. I haven't been. I've not okay. been on the Chargers this year. You're and right. That's well. I that's, bet. Uh, I literally bet <laughs> on the Cowboys to win this game with my own real money on DraftKings Sportsbook. Shout out DraftKings. And I also, and any, anywhere I picked them against the spread and my straight up picks, I picked the Cowboys. I, I had full confidence in the NFC's mixtape last week. I had full confidence the Cowboys were going to win that game because I had zero confidence in the Chargers. So it's, I know I'm not like, surprised that the Cowboys won well, that game. We'll leave uh, that discussion for the AFC West mixtape, which I wish sure. was a joke that I was making, but it's an actual well, you, real I mean, thing. You like it. You actually uh, like it because it's. Whatever. Anyway, uh, imitation Cowboys, is the highest form of flattery, they say. This was a tough, grinded out win for Dallas. I don't know how much attention we didn't talk about this. You were paying because the Phillies were playing at the same yeah, time. I was flipping back and forth. Right. Um, it was tough sledding, man. And um, this was kind of obviously the most contentious game the Cowboys have played all season long because you know, they played in four blowouts. Obviously, the San Francisco one went against them. And even the Cardinals game, they were just chasing almost from the jump. Uh, but this was kind of back and forth. The Chargers scored early on. And then Dan Quinn kind of put the clamps on. Um, Kellen Moore didn't really have that great of a showing, which was, you know, a positive thing for the Cowboys. But Mike McCarthy did not either. Uh, Dak Prescott mm. really was just kind of the hero for the Cowboys. Mm. To your point about why you paid quarterbacks the big bucks, he was the the most stabilizing thermostat player on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I did have Mike McCarthy as not only a stock down, but my leading stock down, the person okay. I gave the most attention to. Um, talked about him on our post game show that uh, the BTB listeners have obviously heard. Um, so 
it was a game where there were certainly some positive things to take away. Dak Prescott, chief among them. CeeDee Lamb, after calling for the ball more, I tweeted this during the game. It is a badass thing to me when you can say, I want the ball more, and then you get it and you deliver. Like, that is a cool thing. Not a lot of people have that capability, but CeeDee Lamb pulled it off. Marquise Bell was amazing on the defensive side of the ball. Cowboys secondary rose to the challenge at the very end. Kind of a, a tough day for certain players. Um, I created a new category that I called volatile stock, which is kind of meant to embody players who had kind of an up and down game. Stefan Gilmore was there. He had a really rough game, I thought, until the game ceiling interception. Um, but Mike McCarthy's decision at the end of the first half is going to be what a lot of people talk about now that the Cowboys are on their bye. But uh, actually, last thing, to get to the bye at four and two um, is obviously a lot better than three and three. And um, to, to get this win the day after, not only the Eagles loss, but the Niners loss as well. Uh, was just a big boost of positive energy when a week ago it felt like the season was completely and totally over after what happened in San Francisco. And again, for those Cowboys fans who are also Rangers fans, just positive vibes right now in an overall sports sense. I don't think you needed style points. The Cowboys have had those wins this year. You just needed to actually rebound from the 49ers loss and win the game. That's what they did. Three things that I want to get to. Number one is that Jonathan Gannon's style which is also like brandon staley's style of just like don't allow the big play at all costs play off on third down was driving me nuts because there were i saw multiple third downs where credit to dak for making the throw but it's also just like cd lamb or whatever just free release and wide open at the marker and the quarterback is just playing incredibly far off and is basically like okay i'll just rally and tackle them but like you're giving him a first down you're just surrendering it so that drove me nuts uh, that's not the Cowboys' fault or anything, a criticism of them. It's just nuts to see that when rooting against them. Number two, I'm glad you called out the McCarthy thing because uh, I think you have to mention the end of the first half sequence there. Where so the context of that, because I'm sure there were a lot of Eagles fans who were maybe watching the Phillies and didn't see it. And to live it out in real time was really interesting. Um, the Cowboys got down to the Chargers' 14-yard line. Um, they were tied with the Chargers at the time, 7-7. Seven to seven. And there were eight seconds left. The Cowboys had two timeouts. And so Joe Buck is on the call. And by the way, I don't I don't know how well you listen, but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were kind of loose in this game. Like it was kind of fun. Um, there was a it was a real vibesy kind of night. Um, I think they've loosened up a little bit since um the transition to Monday Night Football. But that's a different discussion. Anyway, so um the clock stops with eight seconds left, and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, there are only three seconds left on the clock, and everybody's like what <laughs> what uh, happened yeah. here um and there had been a discussion between mike mccarthy and the official that sort of preceded this and so joe buck is kind of like the mind of all of us pontificating like i, don't, I have no idea he actually said unless i fell asleep i heard um, that five yeah five seconds were just wiped off and so all of halftime so the cowboys decide to kick the field goal um it's successful obviously they go into halftime up 10 to 7 and nobody has any idea and i tweeted at this moment I said, look, it's possible. Like, there, there's a remote possibility that there's an explanation for this. Like, mm. you know, you never know. Like, maybe there's an injury or something that popped up and you you don't have the time to kind of deal with it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, but that is incredibly unlikely. You know, I ripped McCarthy for that, again, while offering him that grace. But right out of halftime, Joe Buck says, okay, here's what happened. The official effectively called timeout <laughs> because they assumed that Mike McCarthy would want a shot at the end zone. But Mike right. McCarthy asked, why did you why did you not run down the clock? Um, so Mike McCarthy purposefully and willfully, as I tweeted again, um, threw away the opportunity so to go dumb. at the end zone, which was so 
frustrating. And his explanation after the game, just to give you full context, uh, was that he didn't want to chase anything right there, that he wanted to make sure they got the points and got into halftime. You had two timeouts? Keep, I agree with you, uh, obviously. Keep in mind, though, earlier in the game, Dallas faced a fourth and short and decided to go for it instead of kicking uh, what would have been an easy field goal. They failed, obviously. What did they run on that? I hate the name Tush Push so much. Um, And then I hate that Dak after was asked about it, and he was like, well, they didn't push my Tush enough, and everybody thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, But whatever. Uh, It was such a horrible attempt at that. But that's that's not even what's at stake here. My Mm -hmm. point is that, you know, the Cowboys went for it, and I was happy that they went for it. If they failed, then that sucks. But, like, you know, what are yeah. you doing, dude? What a cowardly move. To, they yeah. won this game by three points. You right. know, and the Chargers had the ball at the end with a chance to go win. Like, you could have used those four extra points. Yeah, this is what I talk about. Uh, you know, your coach giving you an edge. He did not give you an edge in that situation. I mean, it's not. He nullified rock- whatever edge there was in this It's game. eight seconds, dude. Like, that is more than enough time. And to trust your quarterback, like, you have, you have to give them one shot into the end zone. Maybe it doesn't work out. That's fine. You have plenty of time. Or it doesn't even have to be in the end zone. That's the thing. It could be over the middle of the field. It could be a short pass that just, you know, sets up a shorter field goal. You have two timeouts. You could take another timeout. So, yeah, that was really bad. And also something that, like, from my side of the fence is, like, I'm glad that that mismanagement exists and it makes me – feel like there is a cap on the cowboy ceiling when i see things like that my last thing and i think this didn't get enough attention you know you talked about and, and look Dak did good things in this game i didn't get to see the whole game but if we're talking about waiting the end of the game like i very much did with jalen hurts same standard when you have tony pollard open in the end zone like that and that throw didn't look right to me as it came out i don't know what happened there but I, that throw looked wobbly and it didn't look good and i think troy aikman did the listeners a disservice by being obsessed for some reason with Kenneth Murray, like interfering with him when that clearly didn't happen at all. And it was actually just a really bad throw that misses that throw there to have a touchdown and probably, you know, guarantee that the Cowboys are at least getting to overtime. If the chargers can drive, they only get a field goal worked out where the chargers charger and Keenan Allen steps out of bounds early and the Cowboys defense shuts them down. So it didn't cost them, but like that was a big missed opportunity there. And if the Cowboys, if the chargers are able to actually, for once live up to their potential and a drive there like you better be like Dak should have been getting crushed for that that was a big missed throw at the end of the game with the game potentially on the line and giving the Chargers a chance to go and march down the field and get a touchdown to win the game I think it's hilarious there's more energy from you on a missed throw from Dak Prescott in a game the Cowboys won in a, in, a, in a week I where s- Dak was literally the highest graded quarterback by PFF than okay. Jalen Hurts' game-winning game throw interception that was one of the worst that interceptions we've seen this NFL. That is so untrue. I ripped Jalen Hurts so bad for that, especially if you listen to the like radio. This, I said was, Jalen Hurts was the main reason they lost the game. How could I say? How could I possibly this, give him more any negative energy than that? This was, I mean, I, I think to like – fault Dak for this you're is not really it. You're, silly you're giving this is this is kid gloves treatment here you should i don't think it's kid gloves treatment at all i would be go- ripping jalen hurts for missing that throw that was a terrible miss Pollard i don't was think wide it was a open. terrible miss was, it was a difficult was game open. and, and he, he was wide he, open in the end zone. i don't think that you Dak can say him. that he was wide he was wide open, open. Dak missed it was him. he was under duress the entire game and he was the only reason the Cowboys accomplished anything he had a clean pocket on that throw he was not pressured on that throw he was standing in the pocket he let it rip Missed him. But the mixologist will answer this. I think it's funny. Again, we Dak was literally the highest graded quarterback that. by PFF. It PFS didn't matter because the Cowboys won six. anyway. We're not doing your job as an analyst to be like, well, it didn't matter because the chart, the defense got to stop. 
I don't think it didn't matter at all. It was it was it was troubling that they couldn't score, obviously. But to to say like to make this the biggest talking point about Dak Prescott's performance, I think is unfair. I think would we not be talking? So you wouldn't be if if the Chargers had been able to drive, which has nothing to do with Dak's performance at that point. If the Chargers had been able to drive there, which they didn't, but they could have, right? Reasonably so. Then you wouldn't so, be talking about that. That wouldn't have so been a first big of all, deal at all. This conversation is built on like six ifs, but if no, it's if, not. If, if, the if, biggest if, if is um, that if the Chargers go and score a touchdown there, which was conceivable. How is that inconceivable? I'm not saying it was inconceivable, but if if that had happened, I I still wouldn't. I mean, it would have sucked, and I think that certainly you could have blamed Dak to some degree for missing Tony Pollard there. Um, but I mean, Dak. Dak did his part in this game. Dak, the 60-yard the gain that Tony Pard had only happened because Dak did roll out of the pocket and did hit him and did make something out nice of nothing. Play. I mean, like, everything good that happened on offense in this game happened because of Dak Prescott and happened because he was mobile and floating out of the pocket, which was really nice to see. Um, so had that happened, I mean, I wouldn't have come back and been like, oh, man, this is on Dak because he missed this throw to Tony Pollard. Like, that would have been, you know, maybe one of the butterfly effect moments. No, like, the, the villain Jalen in Hurts this game. had the same kind of game you're talking about that Dak did earlier in the game until messing up at the end. And I'm crushing Jalen Hurts for that at the end. That, he did not have the same, same game. He threw two interceptions before the interception at the end of the game. Like, Dak those didn't were, hurt his team like that. I mean. Those were not on him as much. Okay. Uh, as much. The second one, maybe. The second one is debatable. I think you can debate that one. The first one was not. First one we came here after the Cowboys lost to the, the Jaguars last fumble. year when Dak's game-losing interception was tipped out of Noah Brown's hands, and he was not afforded the same kind of grace. So Again, but you brought up the same point that it's like, okay, maybe that exact interception isn't his fault, but you look at how he's leading the NFL interceptions, and you can't just Jalen say Hurts that, has okay. the most interceptions of all NFC quarterbacks. The only quarterback yeah, with more interceptions problem. than him I'm is Jimmy Garoppolo. That. He has I'm the same amount that. of picks as Mac Jones. So I'm saying that's a problem. Again, to harp this much on the one play that Dak – Prescott missed when it's he made every other one throughout the night. Play, potentially, it wasn't the game-defining play. The game-defining play because was the, the defense stepped up, but it, it was because in the scenario where the Chargers were able to go no, down and get if, a touchdown. Yes, if it was. the Chargers had gone down and scored, the villain of it all would have been Mike McCarthy, rightfully so. If anyone limited, oh, if anyone put a cap on them throughout the night, it was Mike McCarthy. And there's a lot of Cowboys fans. I don't like coming at him like this because I'm a fan of his. Uh, but Michael Gallup had a really poor showing in this particular game. I don't know if you've seen any of this conversation online. Touchdown. He had 10 targets in this game and three receptions for 24 yards. I haven't looked this up, but I feel like that has not happened in a very long time. Like where you had that little production off of that many targets. targets. Uh, Now, some of that's on deck. Like everybody is kind of coming from my, and I feel badly because I'm a fan of Michael Gallup. I think he has returned to physical form. You and I have talked about this. But, I mean, it was just not a great night for him. And if you're going to force feed anyone in this offense, it has to be CeeDee Lamb. I tweeted this out right before we started recording. Uh, I'm going to write about it. There are three players in the NFL this season who have had at least 42 targets and have at least a catch percentage of 80%. Evan Ingram of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Giants let walk, by the way. Um, And Adam Thielen, who's having a weird season for the Panthers, even though they're 0-6. But CeeDee's the third one. So he's having this remarkably efficient season. Why is that not the dude who you're feeding 10 targets towards in the game? I don't know why. Like, again, I'm willing to put some of that on Dak Prescott. I don't think it's fair to put it all on Gallup, all on Mike McCarthy. But if anyone was responsible for the Cowboys leaving meat on the bone for the Chargers to have an opportunity to capitalize on, it was Mike McCarthy. The decision Prescott by missing a throw in the final play. Again, the mixologist, I think, will speak on behalf of everything that happened here. But um, in the spirit of the mixologist, I don't know how to segue from this. We are going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Fanny, welcome back. While we were gone, you told me why the word mixologist is your favorite word in the English language. Do you leave enough time for the break in terms of like, does Rachel have to like, is that hard for her? You know, because if you um, give her like the extra second, then so she can make it a clean break. I don't want the listeners to think that um, I do work that you don't, but I handle this on our side at uh, Blog on the Boys, even though Rachel produces the Well, show. I don't do the audio work. Yeah, right, it's right. not like anything. Right, right. Um, so it's very totally simple. A producer. Like, like you're, you're literally just, it's, you know. I'm not diminishing the adding of the break. Yeah, I was asking um, a question to be but clear it's, too. I it's didn't a fairly know simple the answer thing. to it. Um, so oh, good. you know, little, little peek behind the curtain here. Yeah, I, I I leave time for the break. You know what I mean? Um, but way to way to break the fourth wall for us, Brandon. You didn't answer why mixologist is your favorite word. Sean Daly would like to know. It's not my favorite word. Wow. Do you have a better name for the listeners? You've never offered one. I don't. Mm. I mean, you know, I was thinking you could call them something that relates to like, you know, obviously you know, listening to a mixtape. Maybe we could call our listeners like, I don't know, listeners. It's 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 more applicable than ever. What if we call them like the mosh pit? You know what I mean? Like we're like a concert and they're mm. they're a mosh pit. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? All six foot five of you? I've been near them, not in one, like not fully not mosh. Is it called moshing if you're in the Yeah, pit? it is. I didn't know that. I was really asking. We not have really a, a crowds guy in general. But mm. uh, if I am I'm not trying to be in like the, if I am at some point, I'm not going to be in that like the heart of the crowd action. Anyway, um, the Washington Commanders defeated the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Uh, the only other team in the NFC to get a win in week six outside of the Cowboys. Um, 24 to 16, the final score. No revenge for Taylor Heineke. Um, yeah, can't get the Didn't Jordan play. Uh, <laughs> he should have played because yeah. Desmond Ritter. Stinks. The interception he threw in the red zone. We um fast forwarded through this game on Monday Football Monday, which um, if you don't know what that means, listeners, mixologists, 
how dare you? Um, but um, 14 of 23 for 151 yards and three touchdowns. Again, kind of a weird game. Um, it never felt like the commanders are really in jeopardy in this game. But I think some of, I don't mean to take away from them, but some of that is the Falcons. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're 500 and, you know, I mean, they're not going away. Like, I think I've said this kind of all season. I would not be stunned if they were the seventh seed at this point. I mean, they, they have a, an ability to kind of grind some games out. Um, but they also have an ability to throw games away, which is what makes them so maddening. It's a very good response to getting embarrassed at home, right? They're at home against the Bears, getting blown out. So, you know, credit to them for taking advantage of that. I have clearly not been a big Falcons fan this year, but still you're on the road in Atlanta, coming off a terrible loss, get a chance to move up to three and three, get a potential tiebreaker. I don't know if the Falcons will be in that mix for the seventh seed. Potentially they could be not crazy to think so you get a potential valuable tiebreaker as well and then looking at the commander schedule coming up here for let's say their next five you get home or road against the giants Dub. you get home against the eagles Dub. <laughs> okay you get uh road against the patriots Dub. home against seahawks or sorry mm. road against seahawks Lost. the battle of washington's right and then the washington football teams yep and then uh giants in uh landover maryland so that's like that's a you have a chance to i mean conservatively let's say they beat the giants both times they beat the patriots like three and two six and four yeah so like you know you're still not in a bad spot there you're not fine that take um yeah i don't think you did this on purpose that takes you into thanksgiving which is kind of like the third the second checkpoint of the season um for everyone um but that takes you into thanksgiving at six and four they visit the cowboys on thanksgiving day if they lose that game even still if you're north of 500 through thanksgiving you know what i mean like i think that's a pretty positive thing for this you you enter the cowboys game thinking okay like maybe maybe we can actually beat them and then if we do then we're we're cooking with gas at that point you know, obviously they're going to be underdogs in that game. And then if they do lose that game, drop to six and five, then you have the Dolphins the next week. So, you know, that's kind of tough. Might be looking at six and six all of a sudden. Oh, now the Dolphins are tough. 20 minutes ago, the Dolphins were losers. <laughs> I'm not saying the Dolphins <laughs> don't stand a chance. I think they should be favored in this game against the Eagles, but I just don't think the Eagles are hopeless against them. Right. I don't think it's like, oh, the Eagles don't have a chance to win the game. Um, uh, so are you I, impressed with Sam Howell? It's tough because uh, he's had some good games but he's i mean in this game kind of a weird game like 14 and 23 for only 151 yards so like the t- you know the touchdowns boost up the passer rating there it's not like he passed all over them the offense as a whole did like they they were under 200 yards between uh 121 passing taking out the five sacks they're still allowing a lot of sacks here they <laughs> had five sacks in this game and then the rushing only they were at 72 on 22 attempts 3.3 yards per attempt so it's, this wasn't like wow amazing offensive performance here so i i'm not like still not in him in on him as franchise quarterback that you're signing to an extension but i'm, I'm still at the spot where you know like obviously you don't have to put jacoby Brissett in here you can play him and see if uh he is your guy or not yeah i don't mean to call it a hollow three touchdown performance because that's impressive like you know what i mean in an objective sense but um it, they do feel a little bit like empty calories. I was going to say when we were arguing that Jalen Hurts is 11th um, in EPA per play, but Sam Howell, even after throwing three touchdowns, is 20th. I mean, like he mm. trails quarterbacks like Jordan Love and Derek Carr and Anthony Richardson, even who obviously hasn't played in a while. Um, so, and the first quarterback he's ahead of, by the way, is Trevor Lawrence, which is interesting, but uh, you know, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Um, 
I, I mean, I think you you have to start to maybe be a little bit panicked if you are a Commanders fan that he is playing well enough to give you false hope to where you don't make a move in the offseason. Like, right. like he's he's not playing supremely well enough where you have the answer, but like you're you're fl- flirting with purgatory at this point, and that would yeah. be a disaster. That's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is not he sucks and you have to move on. The worst case scenario is, yeah, like he just said he's in between. Looking at this game, how did the Falcons lose this game? They had more first downs. They were better on third down. Uh, they better yards per play. The Falcons gained 402 yards in this game. Commanders had 193. <laughs> so the real answer here is it comes down to they're also same in the red zone. Uh the commanders had more penalties than the Falcons did. Here's the match. The uh, Falcons possessed the ball longer than the commanders did. What's the key? Yeah, this is commanders one of them. Turn the ball over. Right. Falcons turned it over three times. So kind of going back to the Eagles game, when you happen to turn the ball over a lot, it is really the only thing that matters in the end. The commanders were two for 10 on third down. Yeah. Two for like ten. They, they, so they okay. Like <laughs> looking at this, these numbers more. The commanders like this isn't like well. The commanders went to Atlanta and they outplayed them. I mean, they took care of the ball and that's important. But it's not like they went down and put a beat down on the Falcons. It's just that they made fewer mistakes. And the Falcons, I mean, made, the Falcons you know, beat themselves a little bit more here than the final score would show. I think. So like literally everything. I mean, you kind of said it, but like, I'm, I'm like when you go to like your generic kind of like team stats listing, like whatever you know site or whatever you're using. I mean, literally every single category. The commanders are not just like outperformed, yeah. but like significantly outperformed. Um, I mean, like um, turnovers matter. Like you know what I mean. Like they they can literally flip games. They flip this so that, game yeah. in favor of Atlanta. And that doesn't mean like now the commanders don't get credit. No, they get credit. Sure. They didn't turn the ball over. But this also doesn't mean like, oh, the commanders are actually back and they're for real. It's that's, you know, it's that they're the same team, kind of middling team. That I think they have been mostly. And I don't think this means they've turned the corner as much as it gives them an opportunity to if they play better in these games upcoming, which they do have the chance to do that and do go on that little bit of a run there. But I don't think the needle has moved on the commanders. I've said that all season long, and I don't think this changes anything either. I would also last thing, and I don't mean to just rip the commanders because a win is a win. And, you know, still like, it's not your fault. The Falcons turn the ball over. Um, but two of their touchdowns in this game began at the Atlanta 11 yard line mm-hmm. and 27 yard line. Yeah. Um, so, and even then they actually had a third possession begin across midfield, but this one was by way of a punt, not a turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, so they began at the Atlanta 44 yard line and punted themselves. If you begin at that, at like at that point, you're what, like seven yards at a field goal range, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you can't punt. If if you punt after starting with 44 yards to go, that is a failure. Um, and they yeah. did. And that obviously, went three and out. But um, okay, let's move on. The New York Giants. So this was <laughs> a um, to contextualize my experience. Um, this was the night that the Astros and Rangers began the ALCS. I was watching that more heavily. I did have this on the second TV. Um, and then when game one ended, there was enough time to kind of come into the Giants-Bills game and still enjoy the beautiful mess. Um, mm. And it was a beautiful mess. It was weirdly entertaining, despite the fact that everybody thought it wouldn't be. Um, our buddy Steven failed in his lock, um, mm. took the Bills at, what was it, 14 and a half, whatever. Bills didn't Got even score 14 and a half. Yeah. Um, 14-9, the final score. Giants fans have a bit of a case, I think, to complain about the lack of a call on the final play. But, dude, like, what's going on? And the end of first half for the Giants as well. Like, this is – there's nothing redeeming happening with the Giants right now. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing at all. 
it's pretty incredible that they managed to get to the, what the one both times and not even score at all. Uh, I mean, just do the quarterback sneak there at some point. It's just give it like just try, give yourself a chance at that, as opposed to throwing with your backup quarterback. Uh, I guess the tone at Big Blue View from what I've seen is that you know this is kind of an encouraging loss, but I don't know, man. Like I can't, I I guess because you didn't look as pathetic comparatively. But like, if if you have a chance to win this game, and you are making progress, like you have to, you just have to finish it. Like you have to do it. You don't get credit for not doing it. Like you have to do it. I mentioned how can you start a possession at the forty-four yard line and get no points? How can you finish multiple possessions at the opposing one yard line and come away with no points? That's yeah. amazing. Um, now and I understand McCarthy. That, I mean, the, the Dable end of the first half is just dude, what are you doing? Pathetic, Brian Dable. I always had this thought, but Brian Dable proved that coach of the year is when it's applicable a rookie of the year award for NFL coaches. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, that's really what coach of the year is, unless you have this like over it, it can sometimes be like a comeback player of the year award for coaches you know what i mean like a coach who's been a little bit down on their luck and then kind yeah. of rose um it is very 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 rarely awarded to the coach who did the best coaching job um and i will be forever bothered that he got it over uh kevin o'connell for the it's season that the vikings had. the most unexpected coaching job of the year that's is what the maybe the best way to for. put it um to Rod Taylor, you said it would be funny if he created a bit of a quarterback controversy. I think he did what he could, um, and he did move the ball in a vertical sense in a way that Daniel Jones hasn't shown an ability to this season. And he and he didn't turn over the ball. That's true. Um, so which is big. He might be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but he didn't prove it in, in a way that is like funny. No. You know what I mean? Which would have been funny for us. No. Um, but yeah, I mean cool you only lost by five you almost won you kind of had a scored nine points um <laughs> i mean dude i saw mike clay of espn tweet this out um and you could do this with a lot of teams he tweeted that the dolphins scored 70 points and whatever it was week three or four the giants have scored 71 points all yeah. season i mean dude there was a point where is... like jake elliott was outscoring the giants which isn't good for the eagles if your kicker is scoring that much but still like that's pretty it's pretty tough I also, I mean, I think they've only scored offensive touchdowns in two of their games this season or like three or something. It's terrible. I started to see more people come around to the take that you and I um, launched and created, much like um, the term NFC Beast, um, and that the Mm -hmm. Giants had too successful of a first year of the rebuild um, that created unmanageable or unlikely to be fulfilled expectations for the second year. So I'm really interested to see the future rebuilds across the NFL because I wonder if there will be a coach who's in a situation like Brian Dable was last year. Like, couldn't couldn't you say this is a dumb way to put this? And I, I don't agree with myself, but couldn't like if you're a Giants fan, don't you wish that the second half of last season really didn't work out that way? You know what I mean? No, like, I, I always say no one ever means that. No one ever means like, oh, I wish my team got blown out instead of it even being close. That right. no one ever actually means that. No, because no one is sitting there during the blowout being like, I'm so thankful we're getting blown out <laughs> and this game isn't close. No I one is ever saying that. Pe- people feel that way if it like, and I I do believe this. If it's like week 16 or 17 and you can clinch like the number one overall pick, you know, like that's a different thing um, as opposed to like you know the middle of October and just like you know a, there, there being so many thing. factors left. People yeah. say it in hindsight, but it's not something people actually feel in the moment. Still, man. Um, I mean, if anybody fell, I don't want to say fell for this because there were 
objectively fair reasons to believe in the Giants, but it was never fair to like to just chug the Kool-Aid. But I mean, this is a fan base that had been parched for like a decade. You know what I mean? So I, I don't blame them for jumping at the first opportunity. Um, but man, um, what a what a what an embarrassment. Like it's it's more than bad and it's more than embarrassing. It's cataclysmic. Progress isn't linear, and that is something I said about the Giants heading into this season. The problem is, I don't know if this is you can call this progress. Like, I don't, I think that's just because they're taking a step back, like the way they're going about it. I don't know that they're really progressing. And, you know, they have a stretch upcoming here where they, in theory, they have some winnable games. They're hosting the commanders. We'll talk about that in a bit here. They're hosting the team they play in their same stadium, the Jets. And then they play away against the Raiders could be a, what was that guy's name? The defensive coordinator who left the Giants to go to the Raiders. Patrick could be a Patrick. Thank you. Patrick Graham revenge game. And then that sets up a game against the Cowboys. So they have a little stretch here where if progress is really happening, then win two at least two of these games, I say. Um, We'll see. I'm about to get to picking the games, but um, you have to win at least two. Well, the Jets are on their bye, So you're going to catch the Jets feeling the vibes of the Eagles win. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's a tough scene. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, unless you beat the commanders and do so in impressive fashion, mm-hmm. the vibes aren't really shifting in your favor. Um, but the jet, the jets are walking into that game feeling, you know, better than the giants, sure. I think. But um, it is that time to uh, forecast. We're recording this on Tuesday. There's a lot to change as far as injuries, as it relates to all three teams, uh, only two relevant games because the Cowboys are on their bye. And the Commanders and Giants play one another. That game's mm-hmm. actually happening first, Brandon. Uh, at noon, the Commanders at MetLife Stadium. Right now, they are getting, or they, excuse me, they are laying two points. The Giant, that is a new low. Like when you're two point underdogs at home against the Commanders. Uh, what a tough scene for the Giants. I mean, I think, you know, it's weird. The Giants Commanders games were weirdly competitive, right? For the most part last year. The one was a tie, and then the other one, the commanders had a chance to win at the end and did not. The Giants' offensive line is an issue, and the commanders' defensive line is like the strength of their team, so I think that's a mismatch in the commanders' favor. Both these teams I don't think are very good, but I am going to go with the commanders. Commanders are, what, they're, you said they're they're giving points? Uh, yes, the uh, Commanders are giving two points. They're two-point favorites on the road. Then, yeah, I'll take the Commanders to win and cover. I um, I don't want to spoil my Eagles pick, but I've been saying about them, like, I'm going to keep picking them until I have a reason not to, right? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep picking until I, you know, whatever, until something changes. And I feel the opposite way about the Giants. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, I am I cannot pick them until they prove otherwise. Granted, they did cover last week, but, I, I mean, I'm – I'm obviously down on the Bills. I've said that many different times. Um, they really escaped um, a slew of national controversy with a win, um, and now they get to dunk on you know the Niners and the Eagles because they won because you know history is written by the winners, mm. um, whatever. But um, so yeah, I think some of that was the Bills um, and maybe the Brian Dable of it all, uh, but whatever. But I'm taking the Commanders. Like I I am that unconfident in the Giants that I will, with sound mind and judgment, take the Commanders. 
Um, so and plus two points. I mean, it's effectively a pick'em. I know yeah. it's not, but like you know, it's yeah. close enough. So cool. Uh, Cowboys on by as mentioned. Uh, we're dropping deuces here on the NFC East mixtape, Brandon, because at present moment the Eagles are two point favorites at home mm. against the Miami Dolphins. I did want to give you a next gen stat um, about this game, if you're okay with it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The Eagles are wearing their Kelly Green uniforms. They are first time since first time of this iteration. First right. time at all since the 2010 Kevin Cobb. Season so opener. first time in the Nike era, because they took over in 2012, right. right? Okay, so, um, but what I wanted to bring to your attention, and I don't know if you know this, um, so far this season, every game on Sunday Night Football, and that includes the week one game on a Thursday night, which is the Sunday Night Football broadcast, every game has been won by a team wearing either a white jersey or a red jersey. Um, the Chiefs, Niners, and the Bills, who wore their alternate reds, uh, on Sunday night, uh, those are the non-white jersey-wearing wow. teams to win on Sunday night football uh, this season. Although the Chiefs did lose in a red jersey in that first Thursday night game to the Lions, who were wearing white. But so, are you concerned uh, that, the, <laughs> that the Eagles are not wearing white or red? The Dolphins, in fact, are wearing white. Well, the Eagles actually had a really good record, I believe, with their black pants that they wear. And they actually did the rare combo last week of white top, black pants. Mm. That they only started doing since Jalen Hurts asked the team to do it in 2021 and they lost to the Jets. So uh, maybe I'm not putting as much stock into the uniform thing. Or maybe, maybe the red and white is what's taking over, you know, Citizens Bank Park. And that's, you know, maybe all the vibes are there right now. You know what I'm saying? But this is a thing as far as I'm concerned. I do think that the Dolphins are a very, very good team. I also think that it's not just time to abandon ship. On the Eagles, where I think a lot of people will be picking the Dolphins this week, I think it's going to be a really good game, really close game. I think the Eagles learn and also get a little less unlucky. They're not, I don't expect them to turn the ball over four times again this week. So I think that it's a really close, good game. I said in my preseason prediction, win-loss article, and the schedule came out that the Eagles would start the season 5-1. and one. I liked, And obviously that was with Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets at the time. So I, I said they were going to lose either the Jets or the Dolphins game, but they will win the other one. And I'm going to stick with that. I think they're going to split those two games between the AFC East. I think the Eagles will find a way to win. Now, again, I have not yet seen the injury report, and that is especially important for the Eagles this week, right? Right. considering all the injuries they have. So I reserve the right to change my prediction. Let's say if we're doing you know, TGI football on Friday and my own, my actual like score prediction for the game is very much not ready to be made until I see the injury report. At yeah, least and, one injury report. And the but, line could, the line could move significantly, sure. right? Like if, if lanes out, it might, it might be a pick or something like so, that. And that, that changes things too. I mean, in most weeks, I'm not ready to like make my final pick on Tuesday, but especially this week is a little bit more of like, I need to see some more information before I'm fully confident in it. But for now, I'm going to take the Eagles to beat the Dolphins. Um, so you were right, um, obviously about the Dolphins and, and Bills game. That is really weird actually to look back on. Um, cause that's like the one time the Bills have like really, really, really flexed against a, a contender this year, but whatever, it's still early. No need to have any hard takes, but anybody, um, and, and in that game, the Dolphins were underdogs. And again, I think it was like three and a half, which is why you're right. Everybody was like, was Oh, two and a half, I think, um, the Dolphins offense just looks incredible. I mean, it, 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 it looks otherworldly um like if you look on rbsdm um at like kind of just offensive success like they're like off the like Absolutely. off the sheet like you know what i mean like it's amazing and the eagles offense has been efficient this season 
Um, not to the same degree as last season, but they're rushing. It's actually been more in some ways. If you but look that, at, like, I was going to say per play, the, the rushing efficiency is really impressive. And, and that's mm-hmm. obviously maybe how this game is won. Um, just kind of, you know, I hate to be like super old school. I know we're talking EPA per play, but like go complete like archaic discussion. Like, oh, just ground it, you know, ground and pound Keep and the long, offense yeah, off the long field. methodical drives, whatever. That's, I think, the the way. Which they can do. They've done that. Right. Like if anyone can do that at this point, outside of maybe the Niners, it's probably the Eagles. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm really, really in every game of the year that we've kind of hyped up has really failed. Um, and the Dolphins were a part of one of those and obviously lost it. But that was a, a boring game. Dolphins, Bills, Cowboys, Niners didn't live up to any kind of the billing. Um, so I would love to be entertained and have a great game kind of back and forth um, mm-hmm. to really kind of experience something fun and interesting. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Dolphins um, to win. Um, I would love to see too, just because I'm curious about it. I would love to see the Dolphins get out to like a 14 point lead. I would love to see the Eagles offense kind of have to to press in that sense, uh, just because, again, we haven't really seen that this year, except for the very end of the Jets game. So at this moment, the fact that I'm getting points, I'm going to take the Dolphins. But with, like you, I'm going to reserve the right to change things. And I've said, and you can back me up, until things change with the Eagles, I'm going to keep picking them, going to keep picking them. I'm a little bit too spooked at this point. And if it weren't the Dolphins, maybe I wouldn't. But the Dolphins look like maybe the best offense in the NFL. So I'm going to side with them. Um, so that is our only pick that we are different on this week. All right. Wow. Are you ready for songs? Yeah, what's your song? Or we'll start with Rachel, of course. Rachel, um, always the early bird, got her song in, I think, on Monday, actually. Uh, she has chosen Comfortable by Lil Wayne and Babyface. Are you feeling comfortable? Uh, I feel fine. Okay. Just fine? I don't feel amazing, Fine is a synonym for comfortable. Terrible. Okay. Um, we have kind of at times used uh songs that are like themes of where the Cowboys mm-hmm. or not the Cowboys, but the Cowboys and Eagles are at. So, um, in a literal sense, I'm gonna go with uh the song Bye 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 by Insync because mm-hmm. the Cowboys are on their bye. I recently watched the Insync mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. of Hot Ones. Um, mm-hmm. it was a different kind of Hot Ones episode with five people mm-hmm. being on that side of the table. I'll say that. Um, you know, but I also watched the Bobby Flay episode. I think you would enjoy that. Um, it was really cool to see somebody with like a, a knowledge level of food um, attack the wings the way that he did. So check those out. Free plug for hot ones. How would you? How do you spell in sync? In asterisk. Nope. Wrong. Try again. Have you done this like all of your life? Is that like a thing of yours that you're proud of and you think is clever? Try again. I. No. N- no. I don't know what you're getting at here. So. You have to start with the star. It's star. Oh, it's and not in apostrophe. It's the stars first. Stars first. I always thought, and I guess right now I thought it was in then the star then sync because that nope. would make sense because you're in space. No, it's sync. yeah, but it's it's star. I mean, there there was the it has it says I'm looking at uh, genius.com right now, and it has like little asterisk at front because you know that's like the a s c i i form. Uh, <clears throat> online as opposed to actually being able to type a real star on your keyboard which you can do anyway it says uh asterisk nsync all capital letters sometimes stylized as star nsync formerly stylized as apostrophe n space sync not capitalized except for the n and then the s at the beginning of sync man so that would have been real um, thank god that this happened before the internet because this would have been horrible for seo you know what i mean yeah star nsync I mean, that's just like, you know, if I'm asking you, how would you spell ACDC? Um, I would say AC slash DC. 
yeah or ac lightning bolt dc either way like the point right. is like you have to acknowledge that it's not just literally ac dc even though we say um that okay What's my song? song is it something is... by acdc no I was... <laughs> it's between songs it's tough uh, I was thinking, do I do Halloween? Do I do what I've been listening to? I'm surprised to? you haven't done the Philly song at this point. Like, Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, I think I'm going to go with my... Hmm, Last week, go. by the way, your song was so complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so. such a good song. Uh, I'm going to go with I Won't Back Down by Tom Betty because that's my theme. I'm not backing down. I am not saying everything is fine and good with the Eagles, but I'm also not willing to say that they're hopeless at this point and everything is going bad. And if they do lose and they get blown out by the Dolphins, look, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong and I'll rip them. Not afraid to do that. But for right now, I talk about benefit of the doubt a lot. I think they have earned some, even though they lost to the Jets. I still think they have enough goodwill built up that they. I am still giving them some benefit of the doubt here. It's in Philly. I'm going to say i won't back down by tom petty um i said this um in a few places monday wasn't a must win game for the cowboys um like um uh, shout out to tom downey who runs the cowboys report youtube channel I, he put this in a really well way i thought I, he said you can only kind of say that like maybe two or three times a season right because like every game is a must win but like, you can only really call something a must win i think game it would have been if the eagles had won right well so i i still disagree they, they, well the cowboys I mean, would have been down three games i know but Still, like it wasn't a must win, but it was about as close as you can get to being ready to kind of put that label on it. And that exact description is how I feel about this Dolphins game for the Eagles, but in a different context. Um, this is a must or not a must win, but it's close in terms of proving the status quo hasn't changed, right? Like the, everything is still functioning at, at this like a morale high must of, win. Yeah, at, the, at this high of a level, you know. Otherwise, like a loss, particularly a blowout loss, could could incite this conversation of. Oh, now we're just like every other NFL team. You know what I mean? So um, it's important. I it's guess, a power rankings must win. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Uh, where did you have the Eagles in your power rankings this week? Uh, I've not done them yet, wow. so I have to do that. But if looking at it very quickly, um, I mean, I'd probably I'm obviously going to drop them. Uh, probably drop them to. It's tough though because like the Bills lost too. Um, I Seahawks my, also um, lost top eight. I have the Cowboys at eight. So my top eight are the Chiefs, Dolphins, 49ers, Niners, Lions, um, Eagles, Bills, and Ravens before the Cowboys. Teams above the Eagles right now, I'd put, would be the Chiefs, Dolphins, Lions. Niners. Niners. That's yeah, that's where I had them. I, I think had that's them, it. I, had yeah. I, had, I still yeah. had Philly ahead of the Bills. The Bills, that was such a gross win. And like, it wasn't, I mean, maybe it was a moral loss for the Bills, another term you coined here, but mm. I mean. You hope so, at least, but whatever. Um, cool. As we leave, Brandon, I would like you to tell us, we're getting to that time, your top two. Nobody ever does top two. It's top three, top five, but your top two favorite Halloween candies to get while trick-or-treating. So this is specific to, like, you know, it's pretty accessible mm -hmm. when trick-or-treating. You can't be like, oh, I like this very niche, you know, candy bar. No, like uh -huh. it's a commonly distributed thing amongst trick-or-treating trick situations. I want the Reese's peanut butter cup, but this is the one shaped like a pumpkin specifically, you know, like okay. the holiday special one. I want that mm -hmm. big on like specific, you know, thing. Like, yeah, I want my mint chocolate ice cream to be mint chocolate chip to be uh, green, even though it okay. doesn't functionally change the taste of its white or 
it's just a food dye, but I want it to be green. The aesthetic okay. aesthetics are part of things. Anyway. Yeah, it's an experience for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's like people are always like, oh, well, who cares about the jersey numbers or the jersey colors? It's like, it's all part of it. Everything mm-hmm. is part of it. Anyway. The, the, like, that's stuff. why you should only, like, the jersey choice should be, like, it should be part of the weather and the time of day that the game is happening. You know what I mean? Because mm. some jerseys just don't, I've said before, the Kelly Green jerseys, I think, look great in an afternoon game, but maybe mm. not so much at night. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, give it a chance. And then I will say a Twix because hard to go wrong with the Twix. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.